This is NRL Boom Rookies. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of NRL Boom Rookies. I am Matt Bungard and joining me, as always, Nick Canton. Hello. Still doesn't feel right. Still not there yet. We'll, we'll, we'll come up with something new, but that's not for us to decide. It's up for the listeners to decide. And, you know, Nick, for a lot of these preview shows, we like to get maybe like uh, someone in the media who's a fan of a particular team or someone who's just a really passionate fan of their club. But for the West Tigers specifically, it, we always think it's a good idea each year to get the saddest man in the world whose rugby league team is driving him into an early grave. So with that said, welcome Simon Latham once again to talk about his beloved West Tigers or maligned West Tigers. Thanks for having me. No, we're back this year. I'm <laughs> no, no longer yes. sad. No I, love, I love optimistic Simon. Uh, you flip-flop it. Every year. This is great. Turned. You were so team, miserable last year. This is fantastic. This, team has, made you, this like, team has wanted to fucking kill you for years and you won't let it happen. You won't let it, dude. But like being negative about last year's team was just being realistic like there's actually some like cause for optimism this year that's true um as i did on last year's edition of this preview i will once again read your pinned tweet on twitter there is genuinely nothing worse in my life than the west tigers i hate this club with my entire being with a follow-up tweet i'm not even that disappointed about today but this club is genuinely bad for my mental health (laughs) do you remember what game this was june 7th 2020 uh fuck I'll look it up on Rugby League Project while we start talking. I think but, it was um... a loss against the Titans, but I can't. I can't tell you why. You know, like, what, you know what? It was. It was the week that footy. It was the week. After oh, was it that game? Back. Was it that game we watched at the Aurora? Yes, it was. Oh, okay. and, and they lost. They lost in Golden Point. I'm pretty yeah. sure. But... That was a crazy game. The Titans yeah. got some sick tries, but yes. Oh yeah, I remember. It was yeah. when they, they regathered <laughs> the, the short kickoff. Yes, you lost, like, was... you lost like twenty eight, twenty three, or something weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I yeah. Good yeah. times. Great classic hits. Um, yeah. I mean, not the worst loss you've had to the Titans in the last couple of years, though. No. So there's that. There's always something that uh, could always I, be yeah. <laughs> No, I had a very dark shower after we lost um, last year in mm. on the belt. Yeah. It's a dark, that... a dark shower. Yeah. Lights I off. I don't like I don't like that for anybody. Just sitting in silence in darkness. He just he got some two years old from the pub and just just tipped it slowly over his own head. It's the <laughs> darkest beer we had. Um, so I mean, there is a lot of cause for optimism. You've made some fantastic signings, both on and off the field. Um, I mean, we'll go through it step by step. But what in particular is making you not want to hate the West Tigers this year? Um, I think there's actually like a genuinely decent vibe around, like the players actually seem excited. Like, obviously, you always get the cliches in preseason, but, like, pretty much everyone you hear talk about is like, oh, yeah, we're going to throw the ball around this year. Even the forwards are all working on their passing. Like, it's a big change from last year where, like, it was all one out running and stuff like that. And, like, watching Madge Ball for four years or whatever it was was just so, like, draining. Um, So even if we're not good. I'm just excited to actually like want to watch my team play and like be entertained by them. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. I mean, and it's, it's, if there is a team in our lifetimes and, and obviously like I, I was bandwagoning that Tigers 05 run, you were a fan. Campo grew up in that area. So like we all kind of romanticize those teams quite a bit. I think probably more so than any other teams of our childhood. And yeah, with Tim Sheens and ben, Benji back in, back in the building, Nick, I mean, it's almost impossible to not, I guess, feel a bit of the 05 vibes around the place. 
I wrote I wrote a little bit about this last week, and the basic idea is the Tigers like they haven't had much right in the twenty three years that they've existed, but they did have O five, and they did have Benji, and they did have Sheens. So if you've got nothing to lose, why not go for that? Why not just weaponize nostalgia and all these good feelings that people have it have for this team? Because at the very least. It'll buy you an off-season of goodwill and it'll fire up the fan base and it'll get everyone excited and believing in the club again for the first time in a long time. Like, Sai's a great example of that. You know, this is a man who's been driven to deep psychosis by the West Tigers, but now he's he's queuing up for more. He can't wait for it. And that's great. It's great to sort of be able to be able to energize your fan base like that because the Tigers do have a shitload of fans and they have just been waiting for something, anything for years now to sort of just that everyone can get behind and everyone can get a little bit excited. So even if they hadn't had the great recruitment drive that they had, that they have had, Sheens and Benji and, and Robbie sort of all taken the reins together. If I think it would be a really good thing for them. I don't know if it'll work long-term, but they don't need long-term really. They need short-term. They just need something to put a bit of life into this, into this shambling sleeping giant of a thing they got going on. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know if it'll work. I think there's, there's fair criticisms of Tim Sheens as like past decade of coaching that we might get into a little bit later. So who knows if he's still got it, but it's it's worth a shot. Nothing else was working and they were shit anyway. So why not give it a try? Yeah, and and you look at the players they've gained. I mean, there's some really good players. Like if they can get John Bateman back to what he was at Canberra, that's a fantastic signing. David Clemmer has been like weirdly dismissed as, a, a, and he's still, I think, a very good NRL player. I don't know why he's just been sort of written off by people in the last couple of years. And then, of course, Appy Corusau is probably top three hooker in the league. Isaiah Papali, arguably the best back row in the competition. A couple of nice depth signings as well. Charlie Staines will probably play minutes. I mean, I thought he was much better in 2022 for the Panthers than he was previously. Um, yeah, a lot of, and then you look at those, they lost like James Tarmow, Luke Garner, Jacob Little, like Tom McKayley, New Brown. Luch left mid-season. It's not, yeah, it's not like, you're not like, I mean, apart from Jackson Hastings, and that seems more like a culture thing than anything else at this point, with given how he's gone at every other club he's been. Like, you're not really sad to see any of those guys leave, are you? No, we upgraded at every position, I'd say. I Like, Garner's probably the only decent player who left, and, like, you'd rather have Bateman and Papali. Um, It's actually, like, it blows my mind every time I think about it that we signed, like, a top three player in two separate positions in the season we won the wooden spoon yeah like we had absolutely nothing going for us there's no reason we should have been able to sign both of those guys on like like good coin like you know not paying huge Mm. overs like it makes no sense and i'm glad that you brought that up because one of the best sort of like comparisons i can think of is back when south got roy satasi when they absolutely stunk that was a transformative moment for that football club because it it, it showed that they weren't just a transit lens. They weren't just a club that other people's cast-offs or guys at the end of their careers were going to go to. It was a place where you could attract top talent and elite talent at key positions. And you've done that, especially with those Papali and Coruscant signings. So um, is the, I mean, is there one in particular that you think is going to be more transformative than anyone else? I think Coruscant is probably the easy answer or, or, but like, I mean, you've just got to be excited about all of them across the board, really, don't you? Yeah, hundred percent. Like our pack is just so much stronger than it was last year. That's what I'm really excited to see. Cause I think it's been like such an area of weakness for us for so long. Um, I think Coruscant is the main one because like hooker is such an important position and Jacob Little is just dog shit. Like couldn't pass off the ground. 
couldn't tackle. Like, yeah, he's got an okay running game, but like at some point as an NRL hooker, you need to develop a little bit more than that. Um, so yeah, I'm so I'm so excited to watch Coruscant play for us. Uh, I'm, gl- Nick- I'm glad you brought up the forward pack because, like, if you just run through it, like, just really roughly, okay? So your front row is Clemmer, Coruscant, Utoi Kamanu. Yeah, then your back good. row is Bateman, Papali'i, Joe Fengawe. And then even the guys you can have on your bench, Fanua Pole, I thought really did, did some really nice things last year. I think Alex Seifart's pretty underrated. People seem to like Alex Twal. I'm not huge on him, but if, he, if he's, uh, like, your fifth or sixth I'd, prop, I'd you're doing, you're doing pretty good. Hey, I'd love to, I'd love to move on from Twal. Like, yeah. he's just... He's just a guy. Like, he's just a warm body. That's it. Um, like, there's Justin Matamua. Who I was going to say, like Matamua, I think, is a, one, of the, one of the guys. That's Matamua, really I'm really keen to watch um, Bloor. He seems yes, like he's I'm... had a really good, really good preseason. If he can just stay healthy for a little while. Um, yeah. No, our pack is just, like, mm. if you compare last year's round one pack, I think off the bench we had, like, Musgrove, Safer, Garner, and Peachy or something like that. Like, it's just, yeah. The difference is astronomical. I'm glad yeah. you brought up. I'm glad you brought up Sean Bloor because he's someone that I think he was. He was a junior Kangaroos captain maybe yeah. three or four years ago now, and it's clear that he's got a lot of athletic talent, and he's also like really got that mean streak in him as well. But he yeah, sort of yeah. can't stay on the field at the minute, so yeah. he missed all last year with a knee injury. He's someone that I've really got picked for a, a huge, huge year. And the other one that I'm really excited to see, apart from the recruits, is Utoi Kamano. I wrote a story yeah. about this the other day, but I think we all sort of forgot last year because uh, he was sort of in and out of the team. He had a knee injury and a wrist injury and all that sort of thing. But the year before, in another bad Tigers team, he oh, was phenomenal. fantastic. He's, he was great. He's a great player. Yeah, no, mm. I'm I'm so high on him. Like, his work rate is outstanding. He's so fit. Um, and, like, he's a bully. Like, he runs over dudes. He does, Yeah, he's not, he's not like Twall who just kind of falls into contact and, you know, gets up slowly and plays the ball. Like, he's, yeah, no, he's a gun. And then and that, him and him and like Pole as well. He's a he's a jet. I'm really excited about him. I know trial form is shit form, but the Tigers just played the Warriors in the first trial of the season, and Pole and and Utoi Kamanu were fantastic. Utoi Kamanu in particular was hitting the line with real power. And you talk yep. about him being a bully. So when he came on for his second stint, he was just running at Freddie Lussick, the smallest player on the field. Yeah, all the time, and he was either bending the line, breaking the line, or earning a penalty. And people can say, "Oh, well, he's only running at small blokes," but like that's kind of what yeah, you meant to it. do. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's doing that every week. It'll be good yeah. stuff. Yeah. yeah, no, I'm a big fan. Uh, just Nick, it's not a trial; it's the preseason challenge. Oh, sorry, and every sorry. offload matters. That's right. That's right. I don't know I, any of the other rules. I just know offloads are good. Which, like, are the Tigers the club most likely to, like, hoist a preseason challenge champions banner at the first home game of the season? Like, <laughs> well, didn't they get a standing ovation after a trial last year or the year before? It was yeah, 2021 really, against Manly. Yeah, I was, was there and I did stand. <laughs> I mean, you're on the hill. You probably weren't sitting anyway. <laughs> but, like, you're already standing, I guess. So maybe it doesn't count as a standing ovation when everyone's already standing up. Um, we focus on a lot of the positives, but. Um, the, the the main talking point is still rightly or wrongly going to be Luke Brooks. I mean, you have really wanted to part ways with him for a while now, but I mean, do you have any sort of renewed confidence in him with the way the team's been restructured or is it just a matter of having him do less and having the other playmakers, Dewey and Coruscant specifically, doing more? Or, I mean, how do you see him fitting into that team this year? And are you surprised that he has stayed after all the rumors about him leaving and that Jackson Hastings has moved on instead? 
Um, no, I'm not surprised. And no, I don't want to watch him playing for this team anymore. Like, just get rid of him. We're, I don't. I just don't understand. Like, for better or worse, we just seem to be tied tied to him. It's like the club has this like, oh, I can fix him like mm. mentality with him. It's like at some point you just have to cut your losses. Um, yeah. If he can, if he can stay out of the way, that's that's fine. That's about as good as it's going to get from him. I think. Jesus, that's damning. Well, and Nick, that's what like do you the think? meanest thing you could say. <laughs> it's like you just give him. A, it's it's like when um the dad gives Lisa the ball and just gets to bounce it. That's that's what that's what Tim Sheens is going to do with Brooksy. Hopefully, but like... hopefully he helps us recruit Moses, and then <laughs> Moses can take his position. That's, that is brutal. That's the yeah. thing I don't understand. So, like at all these preseason media ops, everyone wants to get Brooksy because they all want to talk about bringing Mitch Moses home, and it's like, mate. Like, if he does come here, he's yeah, going to take your job. Well, like, it's, they... it's not going to be a Brooks Moses future. It's going to be no. a Moses Dewey future. Well, yeah, I yeah. mean, there is the. I mean, Tim Sheen's the mad scientist. Could move Adam Dewey to the center or something like. Yeah, well, th- th- see, Sheen's is part of the reason because, like, I was a Brooks defender for a really, really long time. But yeah. probably about it, probably going into last season, I was like, it just feels like it's never going to happen for him at West, and maybe it can happen somewhere else. Mm. But like, I feel like a change would be really good for both Brooks and and West. But like. Sheens really doesn't have a great record with halfbacks. Like he had Scott Prince and he turned yeah. Scott Prince into one of the best halfbacks in the league. One of the most, one of the best halfbacks of the NRL era, hundred percent, but he never even really replaced him. Like, so no. you'll, you'll remember, you'll remember like the wasteland after Prince oh, went yeah. to the Titans in 07. Like, it was like through some they, of the names for me. That year. So like they played Molson at halfback. I can't yeah. remember. I can't remember who half of them were, but like they ended up putting they ended up putting Benji in the server because they were just like yeah. out of ideas. Yeah, like it was um, jo- it was John Morris. It well, was is Robert Rob Louis the best was... halfback they've had since yeah. Prince? Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah. Well, no, I think Brooksy's Brooksy. Oh no, no, no. Sorry, I was talking about I was talking about that era. Like in the yeah, in the yeah. gap between the two. I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah. So they so he never really sort of worked that one out. So we're going on nearly fifteen years of Tim Sheen's coaching where he hasn't sort of had. He hasn't coached up a great halfback to be great, if you know what yeah. I'm saying. And that sort of dovetails on what I was saying before about Shanezy. Like he hasn't had a successful team at club level since the 2011 Tigers. Yeah. Like he was he was good for a couple of years with Australia, but even with Australia, remember he coached him in the 2014 Four Nations where they lost to New Zealand twice. And then he got sacked after they lost to New Zealand for a third time in a row. And then he went over to England and he coached Witness for a bit and he coached Salford for a bit. And things just didn't work out so we're just going on a really long time since he coached a team and, and coached him well and you know he is he is he's a great he's a great great coach a hall of famer all of that like one of the best of the last 40 years or whatever but he's 72 years old and the game does change really quickly and the coaches that have been able to last a really long time like someone like lane bennett they do it because they're really mm. good man managers and sheens isn't that sheens is like a, a technical guru like i think if sheens is like you know those guys who are like yeah uh, coordinators in the nfl yeah and they yeah, might yeah. be a thousand years old but dick lebeau that's it but they can die Bum phillips yeah exactly yeah, yeah. so sheens is sheens is more like that yeah so maybe that can work maybe it can't but yeah you know, that so, sort of offset that to me offsets the excitement do you remember I think about do you remember when chris anderson uh, came back and coached the Roosters, and it was so out of date. And he played with one marker, yeah, in the two thousand. And like they just got absolutely torched in the yeah. first game. Like Shannon Hegarty ran for three hundred dummy half meters against yeah, them. Man, and like, that was after that was after he'd been out of the league for five years. Yeah, he came Sheen's back like a yeah, couple of years at the Sharks. For, yeah, Sheen's and then 
Cheesy yeah. hasn't coached in Australia in nine years. That's really the only sort of like even closely comparable situation, right? Is a, like a guy that was at one point regarded as one of the best coaches in the league, but is was in the wilderness for a very long time and then came back with like very, very old school ideas that absolutely did not work. I mean, Anderson mm. coached 16 games. They won five of them and he got sacked. So yeah, I'm not, I'm not overly high on Sheens at this point, but I think they've got some decent assistants. Like Ferner has a great reputation as an assistant. Um, Benji, obviously, mm inexperienced but i think like his last couple of years yeah he was practically a coach at south and those yeah teams are good, yeah so. so i think they've obviously they've got people around him who are pretty in touch with what's going on in the modern game um so yeah i don't know i i wouldn't be surprised if sheen has like dementia but i yeah. <laughs> i don't know we'll see i'm not yeah. i'm not overly optimistic about him but i think hopefully they've got enough around him that it can kind of paper over the cracks a little bit it does seem that like no other club could get away with doing this but because it was literally like the only time ever that west tigers fans felt joy any sort of morsel of anything that's tainted with the the juice from 2005 is going to be gobbled up by the fan base and i think this is an example of that it might work that's the saying it's crazy enough to work exists for a reason and maybe this is one of those reasons but like there's obviously the alternative where it just goes completely wrong and we're back where we started but i mean particularly with the succession plan they've got in place i mean it is a very very unique situation but just from what we hear about benji how he is around other players, how he, how well respected he was in the game, both by teammates and opponents, how well spoken he is on TV shows. And even when he was on The Apprentice, like everything about him is just extremely impressive, both as a player and as a communicator. So you'd have to think that if they can even glean like half of what he can offer in terms of wisdom and, and turn that into something palpable as a coach, then they, they must be onto a winner here. Yeah. I'm, I'm so in on Benji as the coach. Like it's, when it got announced, I was like, this is fucking crazy. Like, what are we doing here? But I've talked myself into it. Um, yeah, like, as you said, comes across really well. Obviously, really well respected. And he's going to be a great recruitment tool because, like, mm. every everyone in the NRL now, like, grew up watching Benji Marshall. It's true. Um, and especially with, like, Kiwi kids as well. Um, like, that, that's a bit of an extra pull. So, yeah, I think he's going to be great from a recruitment aspect. Yeah, he obviously knows the game inside and out. Like, he's still very involved in training in terms of, like, running drills and all that sort of stuff um, and, like, participating in them. I don't know. I, I'm in on Benji. I'm not so in on Sheens, but it's two years. Hopefully, yeah, he can teach Benji a bit and then it, it all goes smoothly. But who knows? Like, with with the way this club runs, there'll be, like, some power struggle where Sheens wants to come on. <laughs> and then, like, Benji will go and coach successfully it's somewhere it's some it's sort funny. of like it's it's some sort of west side story jets and the sharks with like robbie farrah leading one group of xo5 players and benji leading the other <laughs> like it's daniel funny. fitzhenry flanking benji and um i don't know uh ben galeer on robbie on robbie farrah's shoulder i was out i was out at west last week watching him train and having a look at the new center for excellence and benji like fit like if you were just watching and you didn't know who anyone was you would think he was still a player like from how involved he gets and the way he moves and all that sort of thing. And they were doing like sort of an opposed drill. And at one point, Benji was at first receiver. He raced down the blind side and did an awesome little tip on. And I was just watching and it sort of got the blood flowing a bit. And I was like, Benji fucking Marshall. He's still got, got it. it. So yeah. if I'm just, if I'm just like a schlubby journo who's watching that, imagine if you're some kid who's out there and Benji's teaching you this or Benji's showing you that, 
Or if you're some kid who's thinking about signing between two different clubs and Benji Marshall gives you a ring and he says, yeah, yeah. man, come, come do it. Like, come, come, come to my club. It's like you said, so there is no more beloved player in the modern era. There's not. Like every, and every single, every single player who's come into the league in the last five years grew up watching Benji and loving Benji because yeah. like I said, there's, 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 there's nobody else like him. So if you have that sort of power, if a player has that sort of power and you're going to have him at your club, you're mad if you don't in some capacity. But what I really, really want to happen is I want a couple of guys to do their hamstrings in the first few weeks and Shane to ring up Benji late one night and say, mate, dust him off. How old is Daniel Fitzgerald? Can, 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 can he get back? Oh, let's do it. Already. Come on. One more. I wouldn't be surprised if that's already, if that's already happened. Oh, it's 100% happened. Um, <laughs> and, like, I think the other the other part of that, too, like, as you were saying, if you're a young kid, like, um, who's training there, like, this is the best crop of juniors we've had in a long time. Like, there's a lot of buzz about a lot of the young dudes that we've got coming through. Um, and obviously, like, previously, we've struggled to keep a lot of them. And you mm. see all those, like, how did the Tigers let them go? Um, but I think, yeah, obviously, if you're, like, some 18, 19-year-old who grew up watching Benji and then, like, you're getting to run stuff with him, like, that's got to be that's got to be something that will, like, w- make you want to stay. Yeah, well, they've got they've got the off-field facilities and now the off-field personnel as well. Like it is a really, uh, what's the word, a- appetizing spot for a young yeah, player. Moving I think to, moving to twenty first century facilities is like gone a bit under rate uh, under the radar because like mm. Concord previously was like an absolute dump. Yeah, like well, I mean, there's... Like, it wouldn't have been it wouldn't have been modern in the seventies. Yeah, it, it is, and there's there's other teams that are still playing on on outdated surfaces. I mean, South got an injury this week due, due to the play the training surface at, at the oval they were training at. So yeah, that that stuff does matter, and it should matter. So it, it, it they've been at the front of that stuff as well, and that's good, mate. I'm just thinking though, like the forward pack does look a lot better. The back line's still not that good. There are some talented guys there. What kind of season are you hoping for? Like I'll spare. Oh, I, actually, and also, uh, how many times has someone made that dumb joke to you about oh? You, they say it can only go up, but actually you can finish seventh eighth instead. Not that I think you will, but I'm sure that it hasn't been fun. And I'm sure you've copped a few of those jokes. Yeah. Yeah. The the end of last season was pretty grim, but then straight into to basketball and cricket season. And it's then true. Now go Bucks. Yeah. Bucks in six. Um, but this year, I actually, I think we're going to have a good year. I Like I really do. Yeah. I'm actually really optimistic about this year. As you said, the back line's a bit weak, but if, if we can get guys like Kapoa and um, Junior Tupo and guys like that to take a bit of a leap, then like I think there's a fair bit of talent there. Um, it's just they're not really established at this point. Yeah, um, yeah. I I think we'll be like around the fringe of the top eight. That's yeah. I think that's entirely reasonable. But uh, you mentioned the Junior Cop there before we move on. I mean, is there anyone in particular that that catches your eye that people should be? I mean, and, and I'm um, sure that they'll have no qualms about blooding some young guys this year. Yeah, I think there's a few. I think um, Pole, obviously, we saw a bit of last year, who was really good. Um, I think Matamua is probably going to play. I think he's going to have a big role this year. He probably won't start the year at lock, but I think if we start a bit slow and we're struggling moving the ball around in the middle, I think Sheens is going to have no issues throwing him in there. Um, yeah, I'd say those are the main two. I'm keen to see Brandon Tumuth get a game as well. I think there's pretty big wraps on him. Um, but we've got a lot of back rowers, so it might hmm. be a, a later in the season kind of thing, or if there's a bit of an injury bug. Nick, you've been you've been out there a fair bit. I mean, is there any anyone that's getting a lot of buzz that, that you've that you've seen out there? 
Well, just, there is, but just before that, I do want to circle back to what you're saying about having like proper facilities. It might sound really, really basic, but when you have proper facilities, when you have a place where the players yeah. like like to hang out and like to be at, like the team's just going to hang out more together. Yeah. And when the team does that, they become closer. It's why Google usually... and those places give all the nerds like ping pong tables and shit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And like, so they, so I'm, I'm expecting, I'm expecting there to be like, you can't put like a, a value on it. You can't say, oh yeah, you know, this is worth three more wins or whatever. But in the long run, that stuff does make a difference. Like it's not a coincidence that everything started going great for Penrith and they all became best mates and brothers and all that shit when they opened up the Center for Excellence out at Penrith. You know what I mean? So that stuff does make a really big difference. The guy who I'm really excited to see is Sione Finu, who's a big front rower that they brought down from Manly in the middle of last year. So Manly signed Manasi Finu and like his 48 brothers a couple of years ago. And now his younger brothers are starting to come up through the grades. And Sione's a big front rower, but he's got really nice hands. He's really light on his feet. He's played a lot of junior rep footy. He might, I don't think he'll start the season in first grade. But I think he'll sort of get a debut around origin time or something like that. And I think he'll finish the year in first grade, definitely. And I think if you're looking for someone to sort of step up and maybe take that Alex Twall spot on the bench, or maybe even that Joel Fangawe role um, in the team as well, I think Fine is the one. I think he's someone that the club's got really high hopes for and really sees a big part of their future. I mentioned Bloor and Utsui Kamanu. There's another guy. I don't know how to say his last name, but his name's Rua Nazi uh, Karu, yeah, yeah. I, th- I think it is. So, yeah, yeah. So he's he's still pretty raw. He's still a little mm. bit rough. Like a lot of forward passes, a lot of penalties, and that. But he's got he's got something. He's got something. He's a really robust runner in the middle of the field from dummy half, and he's probably a bit more of a project guy. He's probably who I'd be looking for them to hand the reins to to Coruscant when Coruscant hangs him up. Yeah, but he might get a debut at the back end of this year, and he's he's someone worth keeping an eye on. Definitely, That's- I think. There's definitely going to be opportunity for him to play as well because Simpkins been pretty injury prone his whole career and um, Coruscant like isn't an 80 minute hooker. Um, I think though they seem to have like earmarked the next hooker. I think his name's like Talon De Silva. I don't know much about him, but he's from out west um, and they have they seem to have massive wraps on him. Mm. But yeah, I'm a big from what I've seen of Rua. He looks really good. He's like he genuinely plays like cheese, like. He's he's not that skilled, but he's anytime he anytime there's a play the ball within the five, he's gonna try and crash over. Yeah. And just yeah. just need, just needs coaching up a little bit. Yeah, and that's where Sheen's can be really strong. Like I have no doubt him and Robbie Farrell will really get his his skills to lift because even when Sheen's was coaching bad teams, he could always take guys and make them a lot more skillful than they were. And we talked about that at the start. Like that's one of the things exciting about this team that they're all saying, Yeah, we're gonna pass the shit out of this goddamn ball. Yeah, like we're not just going to run up and crash into the fence and hope for the best and be super intense. We're like we're spinning this shit, man. It's going everywhere. So one of the interesting things about this crop of signings is it does really feel like with the age that these guys are. I mean, you look at their four big signings, three of whom are either thirty or about to turn thirty in Bateman, Clemmer, and and Coruscant. So like it does feel like they are primed to make one or two big moves for the twenty twenty four season. Moses obviously being the, the most clear-cut answer to that and then really really making a push um to greater heights i think for this year it's still like i think they'll be a lot better than last year i do but i've got them penciled in at 11th spot nick i also have them in 11th 
<laughs> we hadn't had it's, one where we matched yet. So that's yeah, no, I mean, it's one of those things. I'm kind of like there's six teams that I – or six or seven teams that I think will make the eight. And then nearly the entire rest of the competition, you could talk me into it. Yeah, I agree with day, that. You know, so like the reason I don't have the Tigers a little bit higher is because just because there are a couple of real unknowns and there is going to be so much pressure on Dewey to create in the halves because I think, you know, like it's if you're relying on on Brooks to sort of lead the way, you're, you're more often than not going to be a little bit disappointed. But like someone who we haven't talked about on this episode is Dane Laurie. And I thought he had a really good season in a really, really bad team last year. And I think he's someone who could, who could really who could really benefit just with having like a couple of better players around him. Absolutely. He got so heavily criticized last year. Like he was coming off a broken leg at the end of the year before, had a bit of a slow start, was playing behind like a thoroughly beaten pack every year in a team devoid of like any talent. And he like, yeah, he didn't have a great year in terms of attacking output, but like he was still busting his ass. He was still running hard. Made a heap of try savers, like yeah, I'm yeah, I'm a big, I'm still a big fan of Dan Laurie. Yeah, he yeah, he so he be... burst onto the scene with a lot of hype, and then it just kind of fizzled out last year. Through not really any fault of his own, just a bunch of things that happened. But I mean, he's still an incredibly talented player, still so young as well. Like, yeah, the, the, I, I and I think he's a player that a lot of people just kind of forgot about, Nick. Yeah, that well, that, that can just happen sometimes, particularly at a team like the Tigers who are struggling. Like we talked about, it happened with Utuika Money. Like, I think it was telling that at the start of the preseason, there was a little bit of talk about, oh, Staines might come over and play fullback, and that's done now. That's over now. Like, it's pretty clear that it's going to be oh. it's going to be Laurie's spot. You know? Yeah. No, I. You you cannot convince me that Charlie Staines is a good NRL player. I put on the grand final. I think he's. I think he's a an all right finisher in a good team like an alex johnson yeah. style yeah. guy if you will he's he might be better than aj possibly right. like we don't know we don't this know. podcast could, could is re- over <laughs> come on man we're, we're three or four we're three or four episodes <laughs> in and we hadn't had an aj jibe yeah we had to do something uh buy your catch and fall merchant shirts at our really merch.com <laughs> forward slash nrl boom rookies yeah so like i could see west sort of surging a little bit higher and maybe even cracking the eight if say dewey has a really great year last year was almost a write-off for him because he came yeah. back after like 17 or 18 rounds and they were shit anyway and it was all over but yeah. I think it's worth remembering how good he was in 2021 and how he looks like the sort of guy that could put the club on his shoulders for a while. So maybe if he really turns it on, they can surge into the bottom half of the eight. But there's just too many things where I'm like, oh, if this happens and if this happens and if there's like a few too many ifs and maybes and coulds for me to have him in my eight. So I have him in 11th, but you know I'm always ready to just completely get carried away with the Tigers at any time. So if they win those first two games at Leichhardt, when oh, I'm in. in. I'm in. I'm there. The, I will meet me at yeah. meet me at West Leagues in five minutes if oh, the Tigers man. are two and zero. Also on Dewey, just quickly, the club don't seem very high on him at all. Like Sheens and Benji, particularly. Like mm. there's been, I don't know. It doesn't seem like they're particularly keen to re-sign him. Obviously, he's representing himself and he's asking for a fair bit of money. But like from a guy who before he did his ACL, like was easily you know the bright hope going forward. To now, it's like. He's kind of an afterthought. I thought it was a bit strange, but... Do you think that's just because yeah. they're so confident in getting Moses back, or...? Maybe. Do you know what's going to be great, though? When we sign Moses, and then Paris starts slowly, and then by round four or five, he's agitating for an early release. Early release. Or... You get him You get him in June, beautiful. and you storm home to make the eight. <laughs> oh, God. Right. Nick, oh, update, the, yeah. update the predictions. <laughs> What a dream that would be. Oh, it'd be fantastic. All right. Uh, Simon, anything to plug before we get out of here? No, not particularly. 
Just um, go Bucks. Yeah, Bucks in six. Bucks in six. Just like last year, right? Oh, what a magic round that was, Nick. All right, uh, Simon, thank you for coming on. Say goodbye. Thanks for having me. See ya. Uh, Say goodbye, Kevo. Bye. And it's goodbye from me.